0: Five minutes. If you preach less, that next preacher gets your time and his too. So, um, and then if that don't, then it just finished up to the last one. Um, I uh, prayed and I got three three scriptures and I got three titles, amen. Of subjects that that no doubt most of them, if you're a preacher, you, you know, and it's been exorted preaching. You probably haven't even exhorted a preached on it before. But um, I, I like to do this, and it just sees your ethics, it sees your ability, at this and, and, and I ain't got, I've got confidence in the preachers anyway, but I, I enjoy this, because sometimes Brother Fish is going to watch you, actually. He, I, he told me, he said, you preaching tonight? I told him, no, and I told him what was happening. He said, really? I said, yeah. He said, man, I like to watch it. And I said, well, we've got a YouTube channel, we've got... Amen. Everything else, he said, and so I sent it all the links to him. He said, "I will be watching that, brother Orton, tomorrow when it's posted." Amen. He said he would subscribe to it. Amen. So, so, uh, um, but I I enjoy these preachers. Amen. I love. I I get even me being preaching. Praise God for thirty over almost thirty seven years. I still get inspired. Um, I'm. Listen, I don't never get to the place that I can't grow, that I don't need something, and I don't need preaching to myself. Amen? But I am going to set a timer, um, or either I'll let them set a timer, and they can push it when they get up here. Amen? Because we do uh, need to let all three of them be able to speak tonight. Amen? And um, so please... Get it right here. All right. Let me turn it up because some of them might say, not say that they, they, they heard it. Okay. All right. Put it over here because I'm hard hearing, so I can hear it. Amen. Please uh, try to wrap it up and get it done where the next one can be able might be mindful for them and let them be able to also do the same thing. Amen. But I, 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 I took um, one, two, three numbers. I put them in my pocket, and I let the youngest one pick first, which was Brother Heath, and he got number three. So he's last. Brother Joel got to pick next. He got number two. Amen. Brother Matt got number four. Amen. He got number one. So he gets to go first tonight. Amen. So this is how they do it. They have got no Bible. They have got nothing. Amen. All they, uh, their, 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 uh, their scripture will come up on here and their title. So that's what they're going to preach on. Amen. So let's give the Lord and him a good hand.
1: Well, the good thing is by going first, you get to lay the foundation before you push the button. Amen. The only report. My, my. Well, first off, before I even get started, I want to know why everybody sat down. We got 25 minutes times three that we're getting ready to have some good preaching. I asked Brother Joe before we even came. I said, Brother, I said, you ready for some good preaching? We're about to have it. How, how many knows that we go through things? Amen. 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 So let's get the scripture down first before we go anywhere Numbers chapter 13, if, you want to, if you've got your Bibles, you can read with us, but if not, you can look at the screen. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25, it says, And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel and the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word. Somebody say a word. Brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation. Somebody said, The congregation. That's us. And to all the congregation, and showed unto them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. Somebody say a word. It floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The, the, The Malachites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell. in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea. Somebody say, all around us. All around us. And by the coast of Jordan, verse 30. And Caleb... Stealed the people before Moses. And this is what Caleb said. He said, Let us go up at once. And read this with me. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able. How many know they're amongst us right now? But the men that went with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Verse 32 says, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth of the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse 33 says, And there we saw... The giants. There we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which came, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. If I could tonight, just for a, a few moments, 21 more minutes, if you could stand with me that long. 21 more minutes, I want to preach the only report the only report. If you can, just bow your heads. I'm going to start this off, and then I'll pass it, and y'all can roll with it from there. Dear Father, we come before you. God, you know, God, that you have anointed all three men tonight to preach this word, God. You have brought this word before us, God, to this congregation for a purpose, God. You know, God, that there are are voices, God, speaking to this congregation today. God, telling them, God, that we cannot take this city. Telling them, God, that we cannot do what the man of God speaks. And I am here, God, to claim. I am here, God, to declare today, God, that only your report, your report and only your report is what Truth Apostolic Church is going to believe. Amen. If you believe that with me, can you just lift your hands and give him a little worship and a little praise with Oh, come on. I said, if you believe it, if you believe it tonight, amen, amen, amen. And if you're going to preach with me, you can sit down Just for a moment. Amen. The only report. The scriptures that I read. Brother Tommy. The scriptures that I read would tell us. That this is the men. This is the congregation. This is us going out into the city. This is us going out into the inhabitants of the people out here. This is us going home to home. This is us going out and, and saying this is a group of people that we reach that is a giants. And we are just grasshoppers that cannot go out into a nation. Cannot go out into a city. Cannot go out into our counties because they don't want it. But see... The Word of God tells us. The Word of God tells us that the man of God speaks it and tells them to go and to possess. To go and to possess what is going to be theirs. But see, we as a congregation, we as a church, sometimes we, we want to cower down a bit. We want to say, hey... We are amongst giants. Hey, we are amongst people a lot greater than us. Hey, you, you felt it. You, you felt when, when you're around somebody at work and, and this person that's at work, they, maybe they're the CEO of your company. And they walk into that, your presence and you automatically cower down. Because they're a lot bigger than you. They, they own the company. They're CEOs of the company. They're CFOs of the company. Maybe you look at your check every Friday and you see that person's name. And all of a sudden you get around and you're like, oh, I'm just a grasshopper in the sight of that giant. Am I talking to a church tonight that wants to reach Madisonville Come on somebody, am I talking to a church tonight that wants to reach your loved ones? I know since I've been at Truth Apostolic Church for 17 years, I know I have heard it preached time and time again to go and possess it, to go and possess this city, to go and possess this county, to go to to your loved ones and tell them what God is going to do, to go to your workplace and tell them what God is going to do. But this church is stuck in a rut because we're believing the wrong report. We're believing what they say out there. We're believing... We have a habit sometimes. We have a habit sometimes of, of looking at what's out there, of, what look, of looking out there, Brother William, and, tell, and saying, hey, as long as we can stay in this four walls and have great church, then God's going to be pleased. But I'm here to tell somebody, amen, he said go out into the highways and to the hedges and do what? Compel them to come in. Yeah. Wow. Compel them. Compare them. If God didn't believe that Madisonville, if God didn't believe that Madisonville was going to want this, he would have never said Truth Apostolic Church on South Main. If God didn't believe that it was going to happen, he would have never sent you here. See, he told them, Brother Heath Travis, he told them to go, to go and possess it. He gave them the word. He gave the man of God the report before they ever stepped in that area. Brother Joe, you may not have, you may not know this so much since you're newest But there's a lot of souls sitting on these pews right now that remember the word from their man of God as we sit at Truth Apostolic Church on South Seminary Street. Some of you remember being on East Broadway sitting in the old storefront and hearing your man of God say, I've got a vision for South Maine. I've got a vision for South Maine. And we all sat there time after time again and we said, "I, I don't understand. We would go to this property, we would go to that property. And it'd be too much, and this they, they would sell it out from underneath us. But all of a sudden, there was a building, and you understand this is the last property in Madisonville on South Main. It don't get no better than that. Hey, they ain't gonna do it. It's truth Apostolics never gonna make it. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. 17 years ago, 17 years ago, amen, God sent a man of God to Madisonville with a vision, and he said, hey, anybody wants to believe the report that the man, that God give me? Anybody want to believe the report? He said, go possess it. He said, go possess it. Hey, I'm not going to tell you, going to happen. I'm I'm not telling you that there's not been times that he sat in his bed and he cried tears and he said, God, you told me. You told me. You give me that report. You give me that word. You give me that vision. God, it was you. I would have never been there. I would have never placed myself there. But you give us the vision. So you understand something. Years, years, years ago, Brother Jimmy Russell, he was sent to Madisonville too. And you would know, you would understand that Jimmy Russell cried to God. God, why did you send me to Madisonville? Because it's dying. It's going to hell. And it's needing somebody to have a burden. 17 years ago, he placed a man of God right dead in the center on East Broadway Street. It didn't look very promising. I promise you, I was there. He would be up there preaching his heart out and if you were sitting in the back, bro, bro, I was going to say, Brother Joey, he knows what I'm talking about but Sister Loretta, you couldn't hear the words of the man of God was preaching because that heater would come on and you'd Whoa! It was so small. But I'm here to tell somebody it was not promising. It was not promising when they were sitting on, it was a 383 Huckleberry Road. Built a pretty house, had 50 plus acres. Had everything he wanted. Had a perfect place to hunt. Turkey hunt, deer hunt. He said, as he walked, as he walked to the mailbox one day after work, he said, God spoke to him. Friend, I'm telling you about a report right now. God spoke to him and said, give it up. Sell your home. Why? Why? You want me to tell you why, Brother D? Because he would know. He would know on November the 29th of 2022. Sister Whitney, he would know on November 29th, 2022 at 7.51, Brother D, that you'd be sitting on a pew. Sister Whitney, that you'd be sitting here. Brother William, you'd have never thought in a million years you'd be sitting in a Pentecostal church. Brother Mike Allen, drunk, lost, on the street. But he knew there was a report. There was a poor Brother John Bruner, there was a poor Sister Martha, the mess you've lived in, the problems you've had. There was a man of God that knew the report before you ever. Brother David Lynch. (laughs) There was a man of God that knew you would be sitting here before you ever did. Why? Because God told him He told him to come here. And I remember, I remember hearing the prayers. Sister Whitney, you may not think sometimes that you belong, but I remember the prayers. God, you send me the people nobody wants. You send them to me. I'll love them. I'll take care of them. You sent them to me. And all of a sudden these people started rolling in. Sister Alice, Brother Timmy. Woo. Hey, you've heard the story. They rolled in higher to a But they come in. They come in. They come in. Why, brother Joel? Why? I'm telling you why. Because God gave the man the only report. He said, "This is what I want you to go to preach. This is what I want you to take to Madisonville, Kentucky." See the situation is Truth Apostolic Church is like this. Your man of God will say, "Go possess it." Your man of God, I say, brother Mike, the tables are turning. The family's getting ready to come back. Things are getting ready to happen. And you'll go home and you'll say, oh, "Back in the presence of the giants again." It's not going to happen. I don't care what my man of God says. It's not going to happen. Walk back into a doubt. back into a place in your life when the man of God screaming to the top of his lungs, this is what God give me. This is the direction that God said, Caleb, Caleb told you that it's going to happen. Caleb told you that you're going to possess it. Caleb told you that it was going to take place. But why? But Why? But why, Sister Bonnie, why do we not believe it? Do we not believe the scripture that says that you walk by faith, not by sight? When you see some things in your life, when you hear, when you see some things, yes, they look like giants, but what did the man of God say? Did he say he was going to possess it? Did he say he was going to possess it? Did he give you the only report? Did he give you the only report? I don't care. Sister Martha, I don't care. If you come back to this church with every last hair gone on your head, leave the report of God. When you walk into that place, you tell them, I might be taking chemo right now, but you wait waiting to see what my God does. Why? Because I believe the report. I believe the only report. I believe the only report. It may not look so promising right now, Sister Whitney. It may not look so promising. Brother David, it may not look so promising right now. Sister Lana, it may not look so promising. But I'm here to tell you what you're sitting there waiting. There's a God that's already spoken to your man of God. There's a God that's already spoken to him. He spoke your direction to him. Sometimes we sit there and say, God, give me direction. I'm, I'm, I'm the number one. God, give me direction. Where would I go from here? God, I'm blinded. Where am I at? What am I doing? And the man of God says, Go possess him. God. Ah. Brother Heath, when he says, go possess it, I, I want to make that turn to exactly what he said to go possess. Do you wonder why sometimes that the pew beside you is empty? Brother William, you got a wonderful dad. You got a great sister. That would look absolutely good sitting right there beside you every service. Don't give up. I've got a brother. I've got a, I've got a sister-in-law. I've got four. Well, I got 3 nieces and one nephew on my side of the family. That's been to our church, not this church, but our church before. And I promise you, they looked absolutely wonderful sitting in the pew at Truth Apostolic Church. See, the devil thinks he's already had them. But I believe the only report. I know there's too many prayers going up for me to understand, for me to believe what the devil tries to speak in my ear. Sister Martha. I've been told that I have Barrett's esophagus. I've been told. And I have time and time again, I fight the pain of this heartburn. I fight the pain from my stomach plumb to my throat. It hurts. I lay in the bed. Sometimes and cry. I have to lay on my stomach. Sometimes with my head, like this, raised, Because if I don't, that acid comes up in my throat. Oh, Lord, I, You can ask Sister Alice. I was at her house the other night, and I was taking a little nap. And I woke up about to puke because I was choking on the acid. How many remembers what Brother Bobby Wade said in this church? Yeah. Oh. Don't claim it. I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care. I understand, friend. I understand that God has given them very much knowledge. Amen. To be able to go into our bodies and see what's in the inside, but they didn't create me. They didn't create me. They don't know, they only know what my esophagus looks like because they went through my mouth and seen it. But I know a God that put every bit of it exactly the way it's supposed to be. Sister Martha, you might lose your hair. But God knows exactly how many follicles are in your head. Put it right back. Don't believe the report of the devil. He tries his best to make sure that we are down and out. Why? Because when we get in the presence, wants us to be like Achan and not be able to lift our hands because we got so much things on our plate. Oh, poor pitiful me. I've got so much stuff going on in my life. I've got everything. Let me just tell you. Amen. I've got everything going on in my life right now. Even to the times... I have to understand myself. Let me just tell you, friend. Brother Joel, Brother Heath, you think it's just happenstance that we get the scriptures and the title that we get tonight? I have to believe the only report. When I feel like my whole world's coming down, I've got to look to that report and say, My men of God told me exactly what God said, and I've got to believe it even when I can't see it. I'm going to say this and I'm going to pass it off. I heard Brother, Brother Sylvester Narlock preach a message a long, 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 long time ago. And he says, What he said, he said, If you can't see his hand at work, Trust his heart. If you can't see it happening in front of you, you've got to know that you know that you know. I don't care what the doctors say. They can tell you you got a month to live. Jesus sick control. I'm not saying it ain't going to be hard, but believe in God and trust in him. Hallelujah, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise again. I don't know about you, but there's only one report that we need to believe. In Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, it says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I don't got to worry about the doctors and what they've said, but I can only believe the report of the Lord, and everything's going to be okay. I enjoyed that. The virgin's lamps... If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew 25, beginning at verse 1 and 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the ten virgins, which took their lamps and brought forth, brought forth their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five of them were foolish they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, But the wise that took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried. They all slumbered and slept. But there's something about the wise that gathered the oil before they stopped and slept because they had the realization that there was preparation that needed to take place in order for us to reach the city. We have got to have the preparation of the gospel. We've got to have the preparation of the oil in the lamp because we can never understand the understanding and the city will never understand the anointing if the church does not feel the lamp. On, and at midnight there was a cry made Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps they made preparation in the midst of darkness to shine a light into a dark and weary world. But in verse 8 it says, "In the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Just like the false doctrine is asking the church today, Give us what you got. Give us the truth. But we don't want to prepare for what is coming. One thing we've realized is the false doctrine that's being preached across this world. The church has indoctrinated itself to the world. And the world is realizing in the 21st verse of the world that they don't have the oil. But there's a little church rising up in this last day. That has made preparation in the last day. That says no matter what comes, I'm going to fill my lamp. Go back to verse 9. But the wise answered, saying, not so. You can have what I've prepared for. Lest there be not enough for us and you but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself but they were running out of time because you can't buy this 66 books it's something that is not for sale and when he closes that book up the last time let me tell you something you're not going to be able to go buy any oil no more so when the preacher says that you better believe the only report and that only report is that it's winding up time Time is winding down, and it's time to hit an altar. It's time to reach. It's time to go. It's time. In verse 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And then they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the doors were shut. We're finding ourselves in a generation that says, I can get ready. I've got more time, Brother William, to prepare for the coming of the Lord. We are running out of time. The church is running out of time. Saints, we are running out of time. Madisonville is running out of time. We cannot stop. We can't stop believing the report of the preacher. In the last day, all we have is the preacher. We can't water it down. We can't make more theatrics of the church. But we have got to bind together. And we have got to preach it when we don't want to. We have got to prepare when we don't want to. And afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Open, we got a knock on our door. But we're scared to open it because it just may be a reflection of us not having the preparation to reach the lost. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We don't know the day you may be seated. We don't know the day nor the hour that the Son of Man is going to return. But let me tell you something. He gives us a little bit of knowledge. He says that you would hear a sound in the east. You would understand that there would be earthquakes. There would be desolation all over the land. We would not know the time. We would not know the day, but we would know the season which the Son of Man is coming. Uh, I don't know about you, but he's knocking at 11.59, and it's getting midnight. And he's asking you on this Tuesday night in 2022, have you made your oil ready? Because guess what? Darkness is coming. And the only light of the world that's going to be able to be seen is what you have. But what you have, you've got to come and get at an altar. And when you are able to receive what is at the altar, let me tell you something. It's the greatest gift when you're standing at work and everybody's astonished. What's different about you? I was so encouraged the other day. I had the whole office. They went out, and they wanted me to plug in the Christmas lights. I felt honored to do it. I don't know. I felt good. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. And wait till y'all see what I'm wearing next Sunday. Oh, y'all got a surprise. I love Christmas. It's a joyful time. But we sat down and we had ourselves a little Bible lesson in the middle of our public office. And if you understand, I work for the government. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about homosexuality. You'll get slapped on the wrist, but God has given me favor in my job. He's given me favor in the city. And I'm able to talk about things uh, that everybody would tread lightly on. But I've realized one thing I'm not gonna be the virgin of the foolish. I'm not gonna be the church of the foolish. It's time that when we agree and we disagree, it don't matter what the world says is right, it don't matter what church says it's right, it's what the word of God says is right. And I don't care how if it hurts your feelings, the Bible said he would cut, he would prune, he would shape, and he would place you back on the potter wheel, because guess what? When they came knocking at the door, they couldn't enter no more, and we've got an opportunity tonight to to enter in one more time, and it's time that we fill ourselves with a double dose of that sweet Holy Ghost, because I don't know about you, but I feel good today, I did the day I got the Holy Ghost because greater is in me than he that is in the world. We ain't got no virgins in this church. To be a virgin means you've never been touched. We've all been touched. By the sweet Holy Ghost. Uh, And every chance uh, we get an opportunity to come into the house of God. Uh, We don't need to sit on him, uh, but we need to say, I was on my way to hell. And then one day uh, a Savior stepped in and said, you went as far as you could go. But I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to refill you. Time's running out. It's 11.59. We ain't got time to wait on our neighbor to reach Madisonville. We ain't got time to wait on the apostolic church down the road to do it. We've got to step up, and we've got to believe the report of the preacher that says it's 11.59, Brother Matt. God's coming back, and there's still people lost. If that don't scare hell out of you then maybe that's where you belong. We're not virgins. Everybody in this church has been touched at one point with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But the anointing that they had in their lamps uh, was no different than the oil uh, that was on that wine press, uh, no different than that new wine uh, that came down from the heavens. uh, And it shook, uh, oh, it shook the very foundation uh, of that mountain. There's something about the oil that we've got to realize. virgins. They were foolish and said we're good because we we, we, we had Holy Ghost service Sunday night. I'm okay. I'm going to dim my light just a little bit and I'll be good all night long. Oh, I'm good with just doing the half report. But what happens, Brother William, is when the knock comes on your door, and all of a sudden you cry out and he can't hear you because he's turned a deaf ear to you because he said that he would turn a deaf ear to them that would not listen but let me tell you something if you want oil tonight you've got preachers and you've got ministry and pastors that I believe that not by chance that said that you would have the anointing of Jimmy Russell that you would be placed here seven. years later that's not just by chance just like the one writer said if you see me go up just then you will receive the anointing of me but oh what happened then he received the anointing of the prophet but nothing happened read it for yourself you don't got to believe me It's in the book. It said he cried out and said, Where is the God of Elisha? Where is the God that done the miracles then? You said that I would receive a double portion, and we're not just any virgin. We are the church of the living God. We got a double portion. We got what they want, but we have indoctrinated ourselves, thinking that we're an untouched lamp, but we've got oil to give to them, and we got extra to spare, because let me tell you something, he's not knocked on the door yet, so we still have. An opportunity to believe the report of our preacher. The oil, there's something sacred in that. I would understand the virgin's lamp. But there was something about the five that were wise there was something about the ministry that started setting things in preparation. There's something about a church that is preparing for revival. God just preach a few minutes. There's something about a church that is preparing. There's something about ministry that's organized. There's something about anointing that flows from the head all the way down. Just like it flowed down Aaron's head and it covered his beard and went down his body. Because it's going to touch you from the crown in your head to the very soles of your feet. And when the church becomes wise, we can stand up and say, look out. I'm about to pick my big big boy pants on, and we're about to get Madisonville back. I don't care about anything else because we are a wise generation. We're not a foolish church. It's funny because I read this today. That's why I'm lit up. I read this today. I was doing a little study about the three different wine presses in the Bible. And there's something about the press that you go in. Oh, those wives, virgins. Oh... They were no different than the ministry. They've been pressed through hell. They've been pressed through adversity. So when they said we're going to go to bed, they knew that when he would come knocking, that they were able to answer. But the foolish, the ones that says, I'm going to sit back and when that church does it, I'm going to do it. When my brother in the pew does it, then I'll do it. But what happens when you get some old-fashioned Holy Ghost filled Pentecostals that says I'm heaven bound and I'm taking everybody that I can with me because I'm sold out from the floor up. I'm sold out not to the world but to him. So I've got myself a little wiser and I understand brother Matt when I come into church I've got to worship a little more because in order to keep the lamp filled I can't set Brother, I can't sit on the pew. Uh, in order to keep the lamp filled, I've got to keep the anointing going uh, and I've got to keep worshiping. Uh, I can't sit on God. That's the problem. The five foolish they stopped at the halfway mark and said, We're satisfied with what we got. I'm satisfied with the tick-up my spine. Oh, I'm not satisfied. I'm a drug addict to the gospel. I'm a heroin addict to the word. And let me tell you something, the Holy Ghost feels good today, just like it did the day I got it. And every chance I get, it doesn't matter the hell in my life. It doesn't matter the problems in the church. I'm going to worship because let me tell you something, just like the walls of Jericho, they didn't come down just by chance. There had to be some stomping, huh? there had to be some anointing flowing huh? because let me tell you something, huh? it was not until they kept on going huh, that the walls become to come down you want the walls to come down in your life stop playing church I told my wife something today I said I want to go out and tell your dad this you want a pastor so bad but you're the, less, you're the least faithful And if you was pastor, you'd want everybody to be faithful. But you can't even get into the house of God. She said, honey, I don't need you to fix anything. I said, no, it stays between us. But the problem is, we worry about everybody else's lamp. We worry about everybody else's anointing. But it says that you are to save yourself. And once you get yourself right, and trust me, brother, that's a full-time job for Joel Upton. But once I get myself right, then I have an opportunity to go to the world, go to my job, and say it's the greatest feeling that you'll ever feel. And when you feel like giving up, there's something that rises. There's something that ignites just like that lamp. When I turn that lamp up, it gets brighter. We will never... Receive power upon high if we don't worship the one that gives it to us. It's 11.59.59. 59 and God's coming back. And you've got an option. Either you're going to go to hell or you're going to go to heaven. And brother as long as I'm in this church I'm going to do my best to encourage you even when I feel like no one's knocking on my door and I feel like all hell's breaking loose. It's the church that needs to rise up and say we have the anointing from upon high and as long as the church is flowing and as long as the Holy Ghost is moving we can come against every sickness, every wind of doctrine and we can bind together and say upon The rock he built his church And the gates of hell Shall not prevail But let me tell you something When you get that anointing That's what stops hell When you get the brothers together That's what stops hell But the anointing You got me too excited Good God The anointing is what breaks the yokes brother God gave me a revelation today. He said in prayer comes anointing. What happens? I said, "Lord, I hear so many things of yesteryear." He said, "Yeah, yesteryear they prayed for me." Ooh. Yesteryear they pushed away from the table. Yesteryear they laid away aside every weight and burden. Yesteryear, they didn't worry who was going to pay their bills because I sent a man that laid a piece of coal on the table. And when he came back, there was money to pay the taxes. Yesteryear, they were more faithful. Everybody wants the greatest revival. But in order to have the greatest revival, you got to give the biggest sacrifice. And you know what that bigger sacrifice is, Brother William? 253 pounds of it right here. When you go on a fast, you can smell McDonald's all the way from Alaska. You can smell every can of SpaghettiOs. You can smell ramen noodles in Walmart. Let me tell you something. When you go on a fast, it's like the devil enhances you. The the smell of food. Uh, You can sit in the living room, your stomach growling. You're fearful like you're going to starve to death and die. But my God, it may do you a little good to lose some weight. It might be a little bit healthier. But that's what happens when you die to the biggest thing in your life. But that's what brings the greatest anointing. And that's what brings, that will break the yokes of your brother. That's what happens when you get down to the nitty gritty. And you believe the report. You get into a closet. And you begin to pray and say, I'm not going to stop worshiping. I'm not going to stop praying until my brother is set free. it's about the anointing and I believe that there's anointing flowing in this place oh just like the angel is stirring the water oh are you going to come take a dip oh let me tell you something I'm already diving this thing I'm ready to dive head first because let me tell you something if you will try of me he said try of me oh the problem is we're so scared to try of him because he just may do what he says. You're looking at somebody that it took me a while to understand what anointing was. And then what the virgin's lambs represented. My God, I can't get over this. I got my notes in my phone. That's why it blew my mind. I had to pull it up. I was like, Jesus... But there's something about unity. He's going to give it to the head. Just like a pyramid. And it's going to flow from the top down. And it's up to you out there. To receive everything. That the ministry is saying. We're living at 11.59, and we ain't got much time. So you better encourage yourself, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, and say, I ain't got tomorrow. Let me tell you something. My mother died last year, and she'd be telling me, son, it's 11.59. And that was one of the hardest things to deal with is watching my mother take her last breath. But she didn't take her last breath, brother. She took her last breath naturally on this earth to receive her breath over there. Because what she left with was the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when you die with that, you may lose a breath naturally, but you receive a breath spiritually. Come on, Brother Heath. Come on up here. Thank you.
0: Good job, Brother.
2: Praise the Lord, everyone. Well, how many is glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? I think we are to do a little bit better than that. Oh, hallelujah. Save yourselves. Well, this is one night I wish I was still in Louisiana, but I like being home just not on nights like this, but praise God anyhow. Over Talking about save yourselves. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 2, verse number 37. Now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Ain't it awesome when you receive the word from the man of God? And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Hallelujah. Let's all pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that your word would anoint me one more time, that I might speak unto your people, that we could leave this place being changed by your word, hearts being changed by your word, minds being changed by your word. Lord, let us be forever changed by your word. In the name of Jesus and the church, say amen. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. It's kind of funny because I was thinking today about the power of a word. The power of a word can make a world of difference in your life. Amen. Just like in this passage of Scripture, it was a word that made 3,000 people get to will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost all because of a word. They had to believe the word in order to get into the upper room and say I'm going to stay here until what was spoken is transpired in my life. I don't care how long it might take. I don't care what it might cost me but I have a word and I'm going to stay there until it comes to pass. Well hallelujah. Come on somebody. We've received that word and that is the word that we've got
3: to speak with a heavenly language that only God and the heavens and the angels understands and it's up to us to say hey world let me tell you about a word that can save you let me tell you about a word that can restore you let me tell you about a word that can bring deliverance to your heart let me tell you about a word that can bring deliverance to your mind let me tell you about a word that can bring restoration to every relationship let me tell you about a word that can bring you out of the drugs, bring you out of the chaos, bring you out of alcoholism. Oh, come on, somebody. If you've received that word, if you've been able to speak with other tongues, if you've been able to be baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to stand on your feet and say, I know I'm able to save myself because I received a word. Oh, hallelujah. Is somebody saying, I I got a word, and now I'm going to go tell somebody else about it.
2: Hallelujah. You know, about the the whose report you're going to believe, the thing is they received a word, and they had to go for it. The five wise and the five foolish, Pastor Marin, they received a word, and they had to make preparations for it. The thing about receiving that word, uh, the five wives, what I find peculiar uh, is they're the only ones uh, that trimmed their lamps. uh, So that lets me know uh, they was getting disconnected
3: uh, from their yesterday. Uh, They was getting disconnected uh, from every hurtful negative word. uh, And they was going to believe in the preparation uh, that they was preparing for uh, because they know, uh, they knew uh, that, hey, the bridegroom is coming uh, and I've got to disconnect from the past if i'm ever going to walk in the promise if i'm ever going to walk in what god said
2: Oh, hallelujah we can go through all, all throughout scripture and all we can think
3: about in uh, everything that was miraculous uh, Abraham's received a word uh, he said hey leave your father's house uh, leave your kindred uh, and leave your country uh, because I want to take you somewhere uh, he received a word uh, and he was able to save himself uh, and save his family uh, oh come on somebody uh, the children of Israel uh, when they had Moses uh, they received a word uh, and they had to tear down all the false gods and they had to save their self oh come on somebody David when he got a word he said all I've got to have is five smooth stones and I can save the children of Israel oh come on truth apostolic you've got a word you ought to get on your feet and say I'm going to tarry I'm going to praise God I'm going to save myself because I received a, a word.
2: I said, We are to receive a word. It's a word that's going to save you.
3: I said, it's a word that's going to save you. It's the revelation of the one God that's going to save you. It's the revelation of Jesus' name baptism that's going to save you. It's a it's revelation of holiness. It's a word that's going to save yourself.
2: I said, we're going to save ourselves. You know, I got fat, and it's terrible when you got all this front package, and you try to preach like I do. You know, Brother Joe Upton, we can listen to all the negativity. I've received negativity this week. I received negativity last week. I received negativity today. I had a guy come up, he was a preacher, and he acted like he was on cloud nine spiritually and telling me everything that was wrong with me and how I was evangelizing, how I was doing this, and how I was doing that. I said, Man, listen, I don't care because I've got my pastor's approval, I've got my I've got God's anointing,
3: and it doesn't really matter. So I'm gonna tell you, and he was someone close to me. I said, All I've got to tell you is I received a Word a long, long time ago that when God anoints you, it doesn't matter who or what comes against you because I've got a word. Oh, somebody ought to get on your feet and say, I received a word. No, my family isn't saved, but that word is what's going to save them. No, I hadn't walked in my healing yet, but I've got a word, and that's what's going to deliver them. No, I hadn't experienced all the promises yet, but I received. I said I received a word. You can save yourself with a word. I said you can save yourself when you have a word. Think about it.
2: Think about it. When Elijah just slew all the 400 prophets of Baal, he had a word. That word was so anointed that he was able to outrun the chariots and the horses. Because he had a word. He was able to save the people from the bondage. Oh, no, he, no, excuse me. He wasn't able to save them, but he was able to experience the rain which saturated the
3: earth because of a word. He was able to save himself and everybody around him because of a word oh you ain't hearing me yet oh come on when he was at the brook and everything was drying up he had a word that was able to keep him saved that was able to keep him through everything going wrong and then when the brook dried up he went to Zarephath and there was a widow woman there with a word that was able to save him that was able to keep him that was able to feed him oh I wish somebody would say I've got a word I've got a Wired
2: Hallelujah This came out of Revival In DeRitter, Louisiana Pastor met Brother Weed Not the weed that was here Another weed I was riding I was riding one time in, In the vehicle With Brother Weed And a cop pulled him over And he told me He said I know this cop so It'll be okay I said all right that, that deputy sheriff got up there, Brother Herman. He said, Brother Weed, what are you doing? He said, nothing. He asked who I was. I said, man, I'm innocent. I'm just riding with 200 plus pounds of weed, so I'm good. And he looked at me pretty peculiar. I said, hey, it's his last name. But anyways, we was in revival. And uh, this guy came in, and he had, he had a major accident in 2017. He had a major accident. He couldn't even raise his hands. Couldn't even raise his hands. Craziest thing I've ever seen. And it's not because of Heat Travis, it's all because of God. And he couldn't even raise his hands. He walked around like a four by eight sheet of plywood, he was so stiff couldn't move. And all of a sudden one night while I was preaching I was preaching. I was actually preaching pretty conviction. I was preaching about conviction and stuff. And all of a sudden he received a word. And his his wife is not saved. His children's not saved. And all of a sudden he received a word. Nothing, anything I was talking about. But he, God told him to raise his hands. And the thing is this gentleman don't even have bones because his rotor cuffs was torn and broken so bad and and, uh, so he tried to raise his hands and while he was raising his hands uh, he felt shifts go up and down his spine Uh, he felt a shift in his arms and his shoulders uh, and he was able to raise his hands Uh, my wife can attest to this Uh, he was able to dance
3: Uh, he was able to clap his hands Uh, he was able to even take off running Uh, something he hadn't done uh, since 2017 Uh, and the best thing is yet uh, his wife Came to church from the first time. I said his wife came to church. Hey, what is that saying, Brother Mary? That's saying when you get a word, you can save yourself, and you will save everybody else. Oh, because you've got a word. Oh, come on, somebody. You've received a word. You've received a, a prophetic word. And it's going to be able to save you, it's going to be able to carry you. Oh,
2: because you received a word. I said, You received a word. Brother Joe Upton. Matt Gallimore, we know about the word. TAC, you know about the word. We all have it here. I'm probably getting ready to blow a message that I've been studying out, but I'm going to do it. I've been studying about the mind and the heart. There's a lot of difference there. There's a lot of difference there. We can save ourselves, Pastor Marin, because of what we know. But the thing that's going to cause us to endure to the very end and save ourselves from this untoward generation is when we get it in our heart. I said, when we get it in our heart. Come on, we we we've all we all know Acts two thirty eight because it's here. We all know about separation from the world because we know it here. But the thing is, I was reading on an article in USA Today. And this man, he was in a race, and we're in a race, church. We're in a race, Pastor Orton, to the very end, through the pearly gates. And he was a triathlete. He ran triathlons, and he started wanting to do these new, these new uh, training sessions, and he would not, no longer exercise his physical body. Would no longer exercise his physical body. If he wanted to run twenty miles, he would exercise his physical body for about five miles, and he would take uh, and he would do uh, mental training uh, things. And it would because he believed that if he had his mind right, it would push his body however far it needed to go. He believed if he had his mind right, he he didn't have to worry about endurance in his body. So all he would do was mental exercises and mental training uh, for this 26-mile run that he was getting ready to go. And on this article it was saying uh, how he missed finishing the course by 18 feet. 18 feet out of 26 miles. And come to find out, the corner when he when it did a when it did the autopsy, it, brother Matt Gallimore said he had a perfect mind uh, that would be able to push him because his body should not have been able to hold up to twenty six miles of running. Uh, it should not have been able to hold up for that long. Uh, but in the round around 20 feet left into the race. His heart literally exploded, and it caused him to stumble and die 18 feet from the finish line. Hey, TAC, we've got to save ourselves. It's not good enough just to know it here,
3: but you better make sure it's in my heart. You better make sure... Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I would preach a message. I would preach a message someday in the future. Some people, they're going to miss heaven by 18 inches because they know it here, but it hasn't got here yet. Oh, come on, somebody. We've got to save ourselves. It's not good enough just to be able to quote Acts 2.38. It's not good enough just to be able to quote Colossians 2 and 9 or 1 Timothy 3.6. or all the other scriptures you better know it in my heart that I know I can't do that I can't go there I've got to have separation I've got to have dedication I've got to have faithfulness I've got to save myself
2: come on we got to be able go beyond just knowing it in our mind we've got to have it in our heart we we can't only know godly principles in our mind
3: we've got to know it in our heart
2: why do you think the five foolish ran out of oil It's because it wasn't here it was all here they received the same word as all the others Why was there so many disbelief uh, about possessing the promises? Because they heard it here. But man, I just can't believe that God's going to let us overcome those giants. I I know I've heard about the promises and the prophetic words uh, to TAC. uh, But I just don't know if i got it in my heart yet come on church we're in a race I say we're in a race to the very end we're in a race to hear him say well done
3: that good and faithful servant but I'm wondering is it just in your mind or do you got it on the inside of your heart that says I don't care what comes my way I don't care what transpires in my tomorrow I don't care what spoke against me in my yesterday I've got a word and it's on the inside of my heart I'm going to save myself I'm gonna go to heaven. I'm gonna hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I'm gonna save myself.
2: When I I was reading that article, I was thinking, man, how many people? How many really how many people really, Brother Tim Godmore, is gonna miss heaven by 18 inches. I said many people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. Because you've heard it. It's heard it. And you've heard it. And you've heard it. But it hasn't got here. How much can you? you You can't go to a mother church that has more conviction preaching than TAC. I've been to a whole lot of them. I've been to up to Michigan. I've been all the way down to Louisiana. I've been to Oklahoma. I've been to Texas. Uh, I've been Mississippi, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Tennessee, Kentucky. I've went to a whole lot of churches, and that's not bragging. And I've preached some many, many revivals. Uh, for the last four months, I've averaged preaching over 25 times a month. Uh, and I've heard a whole lot of preaching. Uh, and I've seen a whole lot of churches. Uh, but you can't go to very many many churches that see more conviction preachers in what you get here so I'm going to ask you
3: are you going to be able to save yourself or are you going to miss heaven by 18 inches because you heard him preach it you heard him tell you about it you heard him proclaim what it's going to take to hear him say well done thy good and faithful servant or are you going to miss heaven by 18 inches
2: Come on. Be ashamed, Pastor Marin, to miss heaven by 18. 18 inches. That's where I was getting ready to go. Hearers of the word. What does the Bible say? Many profess me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What is that saying? It's saying, hey, they can quote the scriptures because that's professing with the mouth they can tell you what's wrong, what's wrong Pastor Marin, they can tell you how you need a pastor, you need accountability in your life, you need to be faithful, you need to do this and you need to do that
3: but their heart is caught up in so much so much carnality they caught up in Netflix every day versus the King James Version, they're caught up in scrolling through TikTok versus scrolling through the scriptures they're caught up in this and they're caught up in that and I'm telling you, they're not going to be able to save themselves. Oh, come on, TAC. We're at 11.59 and if time is running out, you better get it on the inside of your heart.
2: Come on. I miss miss heaven. It ain't going to be because I didn't hear it. If I miss heaven, it ain't gonna be because I didn't hear it. It's because I didn't allow it to take that long journey of eighteen inches. If you cut Heath Travis open, he must be able to look on the inside of him. I love preaching. I love preaching more, probably just more than anything in his life. I love my family. I got two wonderful children. I do precious children. I want another one, but she says no. But if you look, if you look, if you was able to look, cut he Travis open, Pastor. I just want to go to heaven. I just want to go to heaven. I don't have to preach another message if I can hear him say. I don't have to preach a camp meet. That ain't my desire. I just want to hear him say it. i got to save myself. And as a husband, I better do everything within my power to say I've got to make sure that my family's going with me. I've got to live my life in a way that my children know there is a right and there is a wrong. There is sin and there is being favored by the Lord.
3: Oh come on somebody we've got to save ourselves. We've got to make sure that it's not just words that we've heard. It's not just preaching that we've heard. It's not great articulation that we have heard but it's preaching that pripped us in our heart that made us say I've got to save myself from this untoward generation I've got to do whatever
2: it takes to be saved I don't know how long i got, got I don't want us all to stand I don't want us all to stand Come on. I I'm blowing a message. It doesn't really matter. But are you able going to save yourself? But are you going to be in the statistics? that I'm going to miss heaven by 18 inches. God oh, he trained his mind.
1: He got all that right. I can push my body as
2: far as it can go. I've trained my mind to the point that I can push my body to literally into a physical heart attack. Where it can run 26 miles even though my body is not even physically able to do it. But his heart literally exploded. It came apart, they said. And his heart gave out 18 feet from the finish line. He ran 25 miles, over 25 miles. But his heart gave out at 18 feet. Come on, TAC. Are we going to miss heaven by 18 inches? If you would get an 18-inch ruler, it would be almost exact for every human being, 18 inches from here to here. Are you going to be able to save yourself? Or are you going to be in the statistics as I'm on? He, that one's heard it. You've heard the great messages by Pastor Orton. You've heard convicting messages by Pastor Merritt. But it got here. And you never allow it to take the long journey 18 inches to burst something on the inside of your heart. Oh, come on, somebody. These altars are open. Are we going to miss heaven by 18 inches? Are we going to be able to save ourselves from this untoward generation?
3: Thanks for taking the
1: time to take in today's program. This is a media ministry outreach of Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. For more information about our ministry,
3: visit our website.
0: trying our best, praise God, to put it all out amen, out there on every platform we possibly can, hallelujah, and I'm glad because the world, uh, hallelujah amen, needs to know that what I have, uh, amen, is being filled with the spirit, uh, amen, can change their life